Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. You know, when it comes to marketing or selling to your clients, it can sometimes just feel icky or scary or intimidating. We feel like we don't want to ask for the business. We don't want to be salesy. We don't want to have to think up one more email campaign. Well, today's guest is April Graves. And April is a portrait photographer in Illinois. She has a amazing luxury business with great clients and has been in the business for many years, spoiling these amazing great clients. And I love her approach to marketing. I love her approach to how she takes care of her clients. April also happens to be one of our favorite members of our MindShift community. And she shares some of the things that she learned in the MindShift community and how she put those concepts together with what she already knew in her own business to take care of her clients in a brand new way. I can't wait for you to meet April and I can't wait for you to be inspired by how she spoils her clients. Let's do it. All right. Well, we are here in the podcast studio today with April Graves. She is a, a friend and one of our amazing members of our MindShift membership. And April, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. Sure. So I am, I own Light Drawn Studios. We are a portrait studio. I have one in a town called Lake Forest, which is on the North Shore of Chicago, and one in Barrington, which is in Northwest Suburbs. I serve a luxury and clientele, definitely more affluent communities. And I specialize in fairy tale portraiture, which is kind of its own thing. And then I do family portraits and seniors as well. So I have a huge giving base. The whole like foundation of my business is charity. So we've raised over a million dollars for local nonprofits. That's amazing. And I've been in, I started that in 2007, but have been in business, gosh, 21 years now. So. Okay. So you started in 2001? Yeah. 2001, I think. Yeah. Okay. Actually, so it's actually almost 22 years. That's math. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're photographers, not mathematicians. So that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave, we'll leave that to your biomedical engineer child to do the math, yes, right? He can do the math for sure. For all of us. Thank you. I'll call him when I, when I next need an equation. To, well, I really appreciate you being here. And I'm so excited to talk with you because you've always been such a standout in our community as far as just, you know what you're doing. You have that luxury clientele. Did you start there? Did you start out with that luxury clientele 20 plus years ago? So oddly enough, yes, but okay. in a funny way. So my career started, I was actually a fashion designer and I used to design children's wear. I had a little boutique in Chicago okay. and 
I had starved as an artist. I was serving a luxury clientele then as well. Okay. But just decided that I was going to shift gears. I had given birth to my first child. I was already doing photography for my business to save money. And people kept asking me to photograph their kids. Interesting. So when I say yes, luxury, I serve the communities I serve now at a lower price point, but at a much higher price point than what I was worth at the time. If that makes sense. Like, you know, it was right. like a $45 eight by 10. That was a big deal for me yeah. back then. And people were paying me for it. And I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, the great thing is I still have clients that started with me and their kids are in their mid twenties now. And they yes. still let me do their portraits at, at a much grander, you know, price point. But okay. I wanted to serve that clientele base. I love that. Well, okay. So are there parallels that you've drawn between that fashion, you know, doing the fashion for that clientele and doing portrait photography for that clientele? Yeah, actually I do. So the two kind of have married to one another. So I started out when I designed children's wear, I would always see how it looked photographed when I was designing mm-hmm. and, and I did children's wear and it was very high end and I sold it all over the world. It was beautiful. But I was like, I always was like, I could see a little girl like walking down the beach. Like there was this, always a story to what I was creating. Interesting. And so I would do these ad shoots to save money. And then as I've progressed with my fairy tale portraits, I still design, I design all the costumes that we use for that, those, for that genre of my work. And which so is so I, amazing. Um, like, wh- like where could they get that? You know, really that's so exactly. niche. Yeah. I love it. So it's, it's really fun. And it's really fun because people wait to hear what's next with her. What are we going to do next? What's the next thing? So you're just seen as so creative. And I think that having that backstory of that fashion gives you another layer, right? Of value. Also another layer to the story of your brand. And I think many people, many listeners that are listening to this podcast right now have backstory and other things that they've done in their life that maybe they think that doesn't necessarily relate to photography, but it might, you know, it might be part of your story, might be part of your brand in a way that you hadn't really thought to talk about before. Yeah. And I think your story is really important as as photographers, we are storytellers. Mm -hmm. And so for people to be able to know a personal side of you adds more value as well, I think. I love that. So what are some hiccups maybe along the way? Like, did you have a hard time going from the 45 dollar eight by 10 to the whatever it is that you're charging now, like as you raise prices or, you know, what was that journey like for you? You know, I think a lot of choosing to raise prices and that comes in mindset and self-confidence. And so as going through the barrier of raising prices, I found the only barrier ever was me. So true. Right. Why is that always the case? And why is that so annoying? It's so annoying because we all want to be loved. Fundamentally, we all want to be loved and we all want to be enough. And those are, for a lot of people, that's our background chatter that isn't healthy. And so I never found barriers from clients. I found barriers from myself. And then once I took the baby step of raising the price from the 45 to the next level to the next level, all I saw was nobody, I raised the level of experience. So it became the value was built in more intrinsically. But it became more like, oh, I literally raised my prices and overnight my sales average went up by 600 to $1,000 and no one winced but me leading into it. Right, right. Well, and you realize, I think, realizing when you need to raise those prices that it does give you that space to 
give the better service because you're building in a little more profit. So you're not just running around, you know, taking the money from your clients and giving it to your vendors. There's actually some of that actually gets to come to you. And so it gives you a little bit of space to provide a better experience. Exactly. So often we are just running around doing too many things, overcommitted and not charging what we need to be a sustainable, profitable business. Completely. I can't remember who you interviewed, but it was, I giggled so hard because it was put the hand on the chest. Yes. No, that still doesn't feel right. Like yeah. I feel Kim like that was... that's Kim <laughs> Wiley. She's all, she's the hand on the chest girl. She's always like, Oh, so good. how does 200 sessions feel? No, that still feels bad. Got to go less. Yeah, I don't even have to put my hand on my chest to want to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. We kind of came into each other's orbit last year or well, yes. Last year was when I took, I, I got to see you speak at Imaging. Okay. But years and years ago, you and I were supposed to both speak for the same conference for somebody. And I got super sick and oh, I had I did not know this story. to give and I got violently ill and they were literally trying to pull in all these other people to pitch hit for me. Um, well, Cause I, couldn't leave my hotel room in Vegas. So we would have met before. We would have. And my husband was like, Allison Tyler Jones, you were, he went for all to all the classes and people avoided him. Like he was the plague, <laughs> Like he was like, I sat in the background, but ATJ, you need uh, to listen to this woman. And so he kept encouraging. And then I was listening to your podcast. And last year I ended up having a, my own personal health issue and then two weeks after I got diagnosed, which I am healthy and fine. There are going to be a lot of people in yes. here that know me. I'm fine. Just working yes. through things. But it was traumatic. And then two weeks later, my four and a half month old puppy got diagnosed with incurable epilepsy. Oh. And so I was a hot mess. Hard year. Oh, my word. And, you know, I had gone from during COVID, like everything was gangbusters and crazy for us. Our business was insane the last few years. Yes. To last year, I felt like the skids, like the brakes got hit. I mean, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I had all these not so wonderful things happening in my personal life. And I was just like, I listened to your podcast and I was like, I don't remember which one it was, but I was like, yeah, I've got to get a, a dose of what she's doing here. Cause I need to figure this out. I need to get my mind straight again. Cause it was, I've never seen myself like that. My whole family, if there's a rule, if I freak out, the children can freak out. If my yeah. husband freaks out, dial nine one one. We were all freaked out. I mean, oh, was, yeah. he wasn't freaking out. So I was like, okay, I need a little calm in this storm. And you were actually my calm. Oh, that's so, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that I knew the challenges, but I didn't know that. And I'm so, I'm so glad that the podcast could be helpful in that way. Well, so tell me about, as you reached out for that, and I think that's an interesting thought because 20 years in the business, you've been in the business longer than I have. You're an educator. You know what you're doing. You're running a, you know, you have two locations of successful business and luxury. Like, you know what you're doing. And it's easy, I think, sometimes when we get to that point where you think, well, there's not really anything anybody can tell me, right? But what you did instead is reached out, because I think we know if you're smart, you know, you can always learn something. You can always learn something new. We can always make things better. And so what was that for you? Like, what did you find in that reaching out that was helpful to you that either maybe you hadn't had before, or maybe was validating about what you were already doing? So 
I think having that little port of calm and then getting into your program, it really, it made me focus on something else, which was Mm. great. And then I started going through And yeah, there were a lot of things that I had, of course, had learned or even taught myself, right? Like I've spoken about some of these things. But I recently read something where you can read the same book over and over again, and the book is still the same, but the person is not. Absolutely. So and true. so I was a different person in coming to you. And so there were things that just along the way, you know, during COVID, there was so much emphasis on paid advertising and social media, click funnels, all this thing. And, mm. and because we weren't out and about with people. I live in Illinois. I mean, it, we were like in full lockdown. Yeah, And so it was a lot of changing gears. I had always been so grassroots with my marketing and I'm a firm believer, but getting in with you really reaffirmed going back to my roots and going back to my clients. And by nature, because I'm continually creating, people are always like, what's she doing this year? It's kind of the bated breath, which is one of my brilliant things. But, on the but also you can thing, become a victim of your own success, right? Because then totally. it's like, you got to always up the ante. What's the next oh, thing? What's the next yeah. thing? And it's expensive. Like if I'm designing costumes, I have someone coming every Monday during the winter months making my, co- it becomes a thing. Right. And so I was just like, okay, I wasn't reaching out to my existing clients in a different way. And so it was, hey, I'm making this and I'm creating this, but it was all about me. Right. Um, and so in taking that, I went from that piece of it to, okay, I'm creating, but this is for you. Mm. And so I know, like, historically, I have a 40% of my business comes from repeat clients. That okay. is, I have a wonderful repeat client base. Yeah. This year, I implemented some of the strategies that you had kind of brought about and just how you communicate with people and ended up, I think I'm at about 60%. That's what okay, I, we're at 60%. Yeah. Repeat. Yeah, That's awesome. I was just like, this is amazing. I mean, it's been so fun. Don't you love the existing, like my existing clients? Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not saying I don't love new clients. We all love new clients, but the people that have been around for a while that have been one, two, three sessions with you, like they just get it and they totally, they become friends and family. And yeah. I, it's just it's so glorious to see them coming. It's part of now our holiday celebration is knowing that, you know, the Umars are going to come or the Ellingtons are going to come. The Flaytons are going to come, you know, that just becomes part of the celebration for us. And I love that. Yeah, I do too. I had a client reach out. I should have had a couple of clients who've had their own personal issues this year. And I mean, I spent a good half hour texting back and forth with a client who did, I think, four sessions with me this year. And we're already booking next year's sessions, Wow. but she's repeat. And I, I, she's like, said something. And I said, Oh my gosh, how's that going? And I was like, of course you don't have to answer, but I'm so wrapped up in who they are as humans and in their family. Yeah. That as someone who cares about them, I want to know. And so it is, it's much more meaningful. Yes. That's the word meaningful, satisfying, soul fulfilling rather than just, you know, and of course we have to market. Of course we, you know, and there are a lot of ways to do that, but I find that at least for me, having it be more that organic one-to-one contact is just so much more satisfying for me. It is. And with the way things have gone, I mean, this puppy of mine, she's just been a handful and we love her to pieces, but you know, she takes a lot of care. And so if I had a day where I wasn't going to have an appointment in my studio, I stayed home so she could be with me because she's my girl. 
Yeah. And she wants to be with me. And it's yeah. hard to bring her into the studio because if she has a seizure in front of someone, it's like traumatizing. So right. I could take that time, but then I would just do things like text clients. How are you doing? Checking in, you know, like it, it just became, I created the time. And for me, like, I think one of the first things you talk about in the, the whole process is less, but better. And so I allowed myself to not have to have 135 sessions, which now I say that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, ugh. how did so, you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I like, and, and yeah, how did I was like Santa sessions? I would do like 40 a season and that's uh, just in like a couple weekends. So different, like literally like this year, I'm not going to say the number cause I don't want to share those numbers, but yeah, they were great less, but better. And yeah. my last session of the year, it was a family from that was of Middle Eastern descent. And we started talking about faith and we started talking about how things are written in your book and they are Orthodox. And it was so interesting. And I said, where are your origination? Where'd you come from before you came to the States? Where were you? They're from Bethlehem. Oh, I know. I mean, how amazing. Right? Like, I don't think that all that connection would have happened after their Santa session had I had someone flooding in the door. Right. To go right after them. Like, right, right, it, right. We vetted them differently. I've always been pretty good at vetting, but we've really raised the bar thanks to you of, yeah, it's okay. either going on a wall or it's an album. And I used to tell people, you're not going to be happy with an eight by 10. Now it's like, I'm not going to be happy with an eight by 10. So it's either this or this, or it's the whole shooting match. Right. And it really allowed us to work differently. I love so that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, just you talking about sitting there with your, you know, sick puppy at home. And most of us would think of, oh my gosh, this is so hard. This is, I've got to get to work. I've got to do whatever. But instead you take that time to text clients. And it just makes me think of so often we think, oh, I've got a market, I've got a market, but really it's just checking on your friends. It's just yeah. checking in on your friends, whether that's on social media, just keeping tabs on them. You know, I saw that Bo won the golf tournament on one of our calls the other day, you said that you uh, noticed that a client had been in the nutcracker and you knew that was a symbol that she was going to be maybe heading for toe shoes. And so you needed to call and reach out to her. Just that level of observation that, that we're taking that focus that tends to be scattered and that we've been taught in all the marketing classes or the books about like, go out and get new and really just doubling down on our existing clients and focusing on them. Now, for those, what would you say, and this is a question that we get a lot, is if you don't have a cemented clientele or a, an existing clientele, if you're newer in your career and you're wanting to, to reach out to that clientele, that higher end clientele, people that you are going to spend more time with, maybe have less clients, what did you do, whether it was in the portrait world or in the fashion world to reach that clientele? So I, for me, and I still do it, as I invite to lunch, I am a big relationship builder. I, I love people. Like when I speak, I, I'm like, if you don't love people, jump off the ship now. You, yeah, you're in the wrong business if you don't like it people. It is like, this is yeah. portrait photography is just, a, it is, you know, a, an art of humanity and an art of art itself. And so you really have to love people. So I loved on them. And that's really what I've done best always. And so I, when I didn't have a huge business, I would be like, let's go get manicures together. You know, let's do things. So because sitting in a manicure chair, a pedicure chair next to someone, you can go somewhere and spend a hundred dollars on them yeah, and, and get to know them better and build that personal 
relationship, I think has always been so helpful. I mean, some of my very best friends are my clients. I mean, we have built such strong relationships, but I do think inviting them in to spend more time with you on a level that isn't work related. Okay. So the next question I would have about that is that I think is, okay, well, when they become your friends, then are they expecting a discount? Oh my gosh. So (laughs) it's a great question, right? You know what? That oftentimes is something that we put in our minds as well. Yes. That is something that we are like, I suddenly we deserve it less yeah, and they deserve it more. And so the big fat answer, I don't give anything away. I'm very tight because this is how I get my kids through college and support my family. And we have a lovely lifestyle and I am all about caring for the people under my roof. And so, no, it doesn't mean that. So we are very careful with that. And if it becomes that a client would start asking for discounts, that would dissolve the relationship for me. Yeah. It wouldn't even be because I'm just kind of hard on my sleeve kind of girl. It would feel abusive. So, but I've honestly never had anyone go, well, now that we've had lunch and done nails, how about that 20%? (laughs) Right. But we've, it like, it's like you said, we do it to ourselves because we're like, oh my gosh, we went and got pedicures. Now we're BFFs and I can't possibly charge my full, you know, price for them. Yeah, exactly. And if you've really become BFFs, they know your what's going on in your life yeah and like they know that we're you know this is how you make a living kids through college that they know that we're doing certain things and you know i once had a guy who was a surgeon come in and he did not want to spend the prices and i looked at him i said well i cannot perform surgery can you create portraits of your family like this and he looked he said point made and handed me his credit card yeah yeah, I'm not in here asking you to do my, you know, knee replacement for a deal because I want it to be the best that it could possibly be. And I don't want a deal. I want it to be right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to kind of see that. So it, it's it just because we are not saving lives or joints or whatever we're right. saving. Right. Um, we are saving their legacy. Absolutely. Saving- and so life changes, life happens, people change, people go away, people come in, like it's, we're important. And what we do is super important. And as long as we have people who value the same things, I, it's golden. It's really can be such a, a beautiful relationship for sure. If you're a portrait photographer, you know, the next few months are going to be crazy. This is our busy season. And how to make the most of that busy season is to make sure that our client communication is in order, that we are not having clients showing up with the wrong clothing, that we are not having clients shocked in our sales appointments by our pricing and needing to go home and measure or going home and asking their husband and then sales burning down and our clients not getting what they need and we not being able to build a sustainable business. So how are we going to make sure that this season is the most successful that it possibly can be. Well, it starts by getting on the same page with your client so that nothing is left to chance. And how I've done this is that I've spent the last 13 years revising my own internal consultation form, which by the way, you can download the consultation form that I use in my business absolutely free. But I realized after tweaking that form for about 13 years, that I needed something more. And it wasn't just a pretty brochure and it wasn't a price list with no context because we all know 
you can send a price list to somebody and they're still shocked by the price because they never looked at it or they have no idea what those prices even mean. It's happened to all of us. What I realized is I needed a single printed piece for my client to take away with them that would leave nothing to chance and that it would allow me to educate my clients about the price range of my products. It would help them to understand what we would and wouldn't be shooting for during their portrait session, like actually creating a game plan for what is it that we're actually going to be shooting for and let's prioritize that. And then also something that would allow the clients to feel confident about selecting the clothing for their session and a printed piece that would allow them to share with their spouse and be able to put together the game plan for their session. So I needed it to be part brochure, part getting ready guide, part last minute checklist and part consultation form because my consultation form was internal. I was keeping that form, but I wanted this printed piece to go with my clients and I wanted it to be sexy and good looking and that they felt completely and totally cared for. So I wanted all of this in a single booklet that the client would take with them at the end of their consultation. Now I've been using this. I created about five years ago. It's called the ATJ Game Plan Booklet. And I started off by using it in my studio and I've been revising it for the last five years. And now for the first time ever, I'm offering it to the Rework community to use in your portrait studio. So what's included in that? In this course, it's a little mini course, not a big long course. There's a video lesson with me on how to use the game plan booklet in your consultation. You will also have a video recording of an actual client consultation with me and a, and a client using the booklet in real time. And then you will have layered PSD files of the game plan booklet that we use in our studio every day, as well as a PDF version of the latest and greatest ATJ consultation form. So all of that is included for just a one-time payment of $2.95. Just $2.95 to completely change the way that you interact with your clients, the information that they have, how taken care of they feel by making things transparent to them, putting together the game plan for the session so that everybody's on the same page. We all know what we're shooting for. We know how much it's going to cost. They know what to wear. Everybody's on the same page. This is the document. This is the booklet that has changed my business. And I want you to have it too, if it works for you. So Go to do the rework.com forward slash game plan. That's do the rework.com forward slash game plan and download that booklet and start using it in your business this busy season. I know that the game plan booklet will be a game changer for your business. So going through the course, like art of selling art, you, like you said, you came through and there were so many things that you have taught yourself already knew or were a validation of what you were already doing. Was there anything specific that you, any concepts that you felt like, wow, this really did make a difference in my business? Yeah, absolutely. I have a list. So hold on, please. You have a list? You <laughs> overachiever list. girl, actually, you. One of my one of my goals is to go back through it again in January. Because I'm like, it is a pretty hard hitting course. Like you're really digging in. It's and a, doing lot. a lot. I know. Work. And I love that. And it really is for the overachiever in me. But I was like, I really need to head back in. Um, I have to but, head back in. I have to head back into all those concepts I, every I know, year. Yeah, for sure. 
It's totally, it's so true. So one of the things is the brand filter. Okay. Because I'm constantly creating, there's the concept of the brand filter and what are you creating something that goes with your brand? And also like, so in all the princess things and the fairies and the, all the things that I was doing unicorns for years, unicorn portraits. Interesting. Okay. And I found that it was pulling in a unique clientele that weren't quite my clients. Interesting. Yes. And I was like, so it's fairy tale, but it's a different group of humanity that doesn't fit my brand. It doesn't fit the people who like it don't fit through the filter. Simultaneously, I was doing some equestrian work. I used to ride horses. I love horses. So I had an amazing session with a fantastic sale when it was done. Yeah. And I realized I don't want to photograph kids who don't know anything about horses standing with a unicorn, which at the end of every series of unicorns, I'm like, thank God no one died this year. I mean, literally like, like it is that I went through the brand filter and I was like, wait a second. The fairy tale is the fairy tale of the girl who gets to have her own horse and rides it. And that's her fairy tale. It's not the fairy tale of a kid who likes unicorns. That's not it. It's sometimes your fairy tale is the story you're living in your own life. Interesting. And and so I was like, when I had the epiphany, I was like, take the unicorns off the website. (laughs) But But you know what? I think I'm going to stop you here because I think that so often the answer Oh, well, actually, always. The answer's right in front of us. The answer's within what we're already doing, right? And But we just don't see it because we're like, look, somebody's paying me to do this. Like, I can't quit doing that. Like, somebody has paid you for a unicorn portrait every year since you've been doing unicorn portraits. But, and to stop that, it's or it's like, you know, I'm going to quit doing weddings. I'm going to quit doing newborns. Like, wait, I can't. Somebody paid me to do that. I have to keep doing it. But to have that nuanced focus and go, hold on. It's not this thing. It's this little adjacent thing over here. And that turns into the vein of gold. I think that's so interesting. I hope everybody that's listening to this pays attention to that because we all have things like that in our business that if you look at it closely, look at the data, right? You're looking at data, you're looking at relationships, you're looking at who's coming in and how it's related to your brand. Genius. So good. So the less but better, obviously. That was a big one. That and that's was- a shout out to Greg McEwen, author of Essentialism. He's the less but better guy. Yeah, I mean, it's super brilliant. And then there's the never say no concept. And so I, you know, a lot of people aren't good at boundaries. And as yes. I've matured, I am exceptional at making boundaries. I am, nope, nope. And and yes. I'm very positive. So it's not like I'm a negative person, but I'm sure. very much like, I wouldn't touch out the 10 foot pole. So I've got those boundaries. However, I think that I have learned to nuance no in a kinder, gentler way that turns into something else. You know, it, you know, what I can do, what I can do. Exactly. (laughs) We had someone call in last week that wanted us to print their picture. She took of her sister-in-law at an art exhibit. And I was just like, oh, and my instant got interesting because it was no. But then my graphic artist spoke with her and she was just like, she wants you to lead the process of this. She wants you to guide how the artistry goes in it. And I was just like, interesting. Well, then I spoke to her and she came from a really good client who was like, I don't know anyone who would do it better than April. And so I was like, okay, this isn't what we do. And I said, you know, this isn't what I do, but given your relationship to this person, Mm -hmm. I will do it for you. 
doing yeah. it. If, if, what we're doing is if I photographed it, same price points. Yeah. And Love it. we're going to work through it and make it as good as we can because it's not going to be great. But yeah. I was like, okay. And that then she was like, well, then I'm going to want family portraits in the summertime. She's already parlaying into right. something else. I literally would have said flat out, you know, we don't do that. Cause I yeah. don't do other, like I would have just been like, that's not what I do. And it is good to know what you don't do, sure. but to find a different way to say no. Well, and we really learned that. I really learned that this last year in that I had an employee that was super efficient, like really super dialed in and efficient. And uh, people would call and ask for something. And she had this binary in her mind, like, okay, no, we're not doing that. And so she was really coming from a place of, like, no, if you're, and then all of a sudden, like arbitrarily said, oh, well, if you're not photographed by October 1st, then we can't get you anything for Christmas. Like, and I overheard this as I was walking through the lobby and I'm like, wait, have you been telling people that? You know, so sometimes I think we can get on our high horse or say, okay, no, we're not doing that because we're out of frustration. And then our employees hear it. And then they take that and run with it when really it's like, okay, tell me more. So I don't need to say no. So when somebody comes up to you with like, hi, I want to burn your studio down. I've used this example a million times. You know, I'm like, hold on, let me go check, come back. Okay, yeah. you know, what I can do is give you the address of somebody across town or tell me more about why you're wanting, like, what are you going to use to burn my studio down? Is it going to be a Molotov cocktail? We're talking about a bomb. Like what kind of accelerant would be used? You know, and before you know it, you've had this conversation. Oh, actually, what you really wanted to do was you wanted a candle portrait and now we're going to do this and it's going to be amazing. You know, so sometimes people present, they use words that we think, you know, words like I need digital files or I need a unicorn portrait or something that you're no longer doing because they don't know what else to ask for. But if we just have a conversation to start a relationship, very often we can help them see that what we do is really what they want. Do you, have you found that to be true? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. sometimes the kind way of letting that go and having that communication that suddenly that turns into a reference. You know what? I spoke with so-and-so and I know she hasn't worked with you, but she felt this way. I think there's a great example of it in our Facebook group right now. Somebody was asking about selling gift certificates. I don't know if you've gotten in the group this morning, but one of the members was like, it was a hard no. And I was like, no, I, I do sell gift certificates for thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, and it is. This is the, I don't give a deal. This is what we do. And, and this is what most people buy. So yes, you can buy a gift certificate, but starting out, you're going to, it's going to be $1,500. And then right. if you think they're going to want the whole shooting match, let's get them to this point. Right. But I think a lot of people are ready to just say, well, no, because their mindset was it's like giving to an auction and it's a deal, but it's not, there's nothing about that. That has to be a deal, but not saying no is helpful. Right. Yeah. Just not closing yourself off to things without considering. And I think the reason that we do that and close ourselves off is because it's like we've had a discussion about this in the mind shift about either you're either a doormat or a dictator and that you don't really need to be either of those things. There's a third way, which is the being the expert. So an expert has boundaries, but an expert is not afraid to be mowed over by somebody that's asking for something that they don't do because they can listen to all the requests and go, you know, it sounds to me, April, like what you need is X, Y, Z when you came in asking for ABC. And so let me show you how we can get there. And then if you don't need that, then I can refer you to somebody else. But they know the next time they're talking to somebody who wants X, Y, Z, they know that they want to talk to me. Exactly. You can say, you know what? 
we don't do that. However, I think you can find someone else who will. Yeah. And is that really what you want? Do you really only want Facebook pictures of your family? You know, do you really want to spend $1,200 on clothes, get everybody dressed, go to the park, run around in the heat, have all these pictures done just to post on Facebook? Like, is that really what you want? You know, and so you're rather than like, no, I don't sell printable digital files. How dare you, you Philistine? How dare you ask me that question? You know, but because then that's off putting, like if you had, if you'd blown that person off, then she would have gone back to that client of yours that was a good client and said, man, she was really high and mighty and she was rude and she thought my picture wasn't going to be good. And, you know, and then that might have made that your existing client question you. So we don't need to be walked over a yes man, yes woman. And we also don't need to be the hard no. So I, I love that. I'm glad that resonated with you. It really did. Yeah. Because I think because I was for a long time, the good guy. And then when I learned how to say no, I was like, no, I was like a two-year-old. Like that was my word. So now (laughs) it's so true. We overcompensate and go too far the other way. Right. When you learn how to say it, you're like, oh, that's the word I know right now. I think a lot of it was learning how to like write to your very best client in mind in writing social media posts and that just kind of think keeping it everything a little bit more on a personal level than a sales level. They know you're posting because you want to sell them something, but you don't have to hit them over the head with it. And have people see, feel seen, like feel that, oh my gosh, she's in my, she's inside my head. That's how I feel about my kids. Right. The time is going too fast. And I did just look at my kid this morning and I swore he grew two inches in his sleep and we need updated family pictures or whatever. It's so funny. I say that about my son every time he comes home from college. I'm like, you totally grew. He's like, I did not grow, mom. Yeah. No, but, but they make him- they mature, <laughs> right? Yeah, they mature. They look, yeah, they they become men or women. They look it's so, so different. funny. Well, you know, girls mature so much faster, so you kind of see that process more quickly in your daughters yeah. and your sons. You're like, oh, there you are. Like, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of just that whole like, yes, being seen, and it it's, doesn't have to be so hard for us. I mean, we really gave up paid social advertising. I will say it'll rear its head on occasion. We know that it's going to be a marketing bucket. Sure. But it was the only bucket just about for during COVID. Yeah. And it was so uncomfortable for me. And I know a lot of people use that as a form of advertising. And I know that it works for a lot of people. And that's great. And I've had wonderful clients come from it. Yeah. But it just doesn't speak to my heart and how I want to run my business. And so in taking your course, I feel like it allowed me to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And it feels so much better for me. Well, but I think you make a good point in that when times are different and we can all agree that during a pandemic, times were definitely different, that you adapt. And sometimes you try things that maybe aren't a super great fit. But, you know, I think that social media funnels or whatever can be great lead generation. And so that if you know that's what it's for, and we're doing it for this specific purpose, if we know that we need more leads, then you're doing it for a specific purpose, but you have a strong filter in your mind. If it's the only thing you're doing, just like if the only thing you're doing for marketing is calling your clients, your existing clients, and you don't have that many, then that's probably, you know, you need both. We all need everything, exactly. right? We need layers of marketing. Yeah. And it's it's a bucket. It's just a smaller bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were already doing weekly emails and we've got all that figured out but they're far less hardcore. Yeah. And they're pulling in the right people. 
And yes, allowing yourself to look at those statistics and your funnels, your paid Facebook advertising or whatever you're using to pay them can be very frustrating sometimes with the leads that come through and you're like, holy smokes. But it's just having a rational look at it and being able to say, well, that's just one of the buckets and we're not spending this much anymore. We're doing this. But yeah, it was like light bulb. Oh, I love that. Well, now that we're headed into 2024, we're recording this right at the tail end of 2023 as we're wrapping up our busy season, respective busy seasons. So what are you most excited about for 2024? What do you see looking ahead? What are you kind of planning for the new year for your business? Peace. (laughs) Interesting. It's so funny. I always have a word of the year and peace will probably not be it, but it was a very unsettling first seven months of the year. And then it all came through, but I found peace in it. And so in leading through my business next year is choosing to work with clients and to do work that brings them joy and brings me joy, that supports my family, but doesn't have me pulling out my hair. And to just be able to work as an artist and as a businesswoman, but to be able to have goals that speak to my heart instead of what speaks to what the people in the industry think I should be capable of doing. Right. Or I feel in my own internal conversation, I right. should be an X dollar studio because it looks good, sounds good. Yes. I realized this year it doesn't necessarily feel good. And so having peace in those decisions and creating from there is really what I'm looking forward to. I love that. Now, knowing yourself and what will make truly make you happy. I think that's such a great goal. And I love the word peace. Well, April, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know that this is going to be so valuable for so many of our listeners to hear of your like vast experience, but also struggles like we all go through. And so thank you for being willing to share that. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on Instagram or your, uh, your website? Yeah. So my light, my website is lightdrawnstudios.com, L-I-G-H-T, and then Drawn Studios with an S, because when I started it in my little teeny starter home, I always thought I'd have more than one studio. So there you go. And then on Instagram, I'm Light Drawn Studios. And on Facebook, it's Light Drawn Studios dash Beautiful Things with Wings. I love it. All right. Well, we'll link to all of that in the show notes. And thank you again so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Appreciate you too. You can find more great resources from Allison at do the rework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.